0: This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. Coming up, we'll review the week's top stories about former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan's not guilty plea, two years of COVID-19 orders, and the ongoing pain at the pump. We'll also get commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb about corruption in Illinois, upcoming elections, and gas prices. That's ahead with Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. Listen to all of our podcasts at America'stalking. I'm Greg Bishop. If you're tired of the divisive rhetoric in our country today, America's Talking Network is for you. America's Talking Network is a new podcast hub where you can find civil conversations. I want to be a really great American citizen, and I think good American citizens should devote some time to knowing what's happening around them. Where you can find out what's happening in our country. Trucker protests in Canada might be coming to the U.S. Yeah, you know, that's right. The Department of Homeland Security, they sent out a basically a memo to law enforcement warning them about this trucker protest. And what's happening right here in our backyard of Illinois.
1: I was just reading a story about carjackings in Illinois and that we're already kind of on pace to beat the numbers from 2020 and 2021, where we, you know, went out of our way to set new records.
0: The only agenda that America's Talking Network has is to get America talking again. Go to americastalking.com to check out all of our podcasts. Once again, that's americastalking.com. This is Illinois in Focus, the production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop. Here's some of the top stories from the past week. Not guilty pleas were entered Wednesday by former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan and co-defendant Michael McLean. A corruption expert says that signals it's gonna be a long slog to justice bond was issued for both Madigan and McLean after they pleaded not guilty to the charges during arraignment Wednesday. The charges range from racketeering, bribery, and extortion. Convictions could mean up to 20 years in prison. Madigan's denied wrongdoing. St. Xavier University assistant professor David Parker said the not guilty plea indicates this will be a long trial.
2: It, it, it's going to be lengthy. I mean, it, it sounds like he's in it for the long haul and he's going to play a, kind of a game of who blink first.
0: One way to speed things up, Parker said, is for federal prosecutors to make a deal with Madigan. But if the case goes to trial, Parker said, convincing a jury of Madigan's claim that his actions were routine constituent services may be difficult.
2: Are they really going to believe that that all I was doing is constituent service and making some job recommendations?
0: with no quid pro quo. The next status hearing in the case is April 1st. Before Madigan entered that not guilty plea, members of the House from both sides of the aisle shared their thoughts. Republican State Representative Mazaki said it's incumbent on legislators to take up substantive ethics reforms, like ending the ability for people to use campaign funds for criminal cases, as Madigan's done, or prohibiting aldermanic privilege that leads to quid pro quo.
3: But if you want to be a real voice and a real vote for change, I urge you to do so and sign on to some of these bills because otherwise you are status quo for the quid pro quo.
0: Democratic State representative Ann Stava Murray, who never supported Madigan since taking office, said she's glad Madigan was deposed no longer in power when the indictment came down last week.
2: And what kind of circus would have and would have gone down and how the people's work would have been interrupted and impacted and I'm just glad we were able to avoid that.
0: Meanwhile, the Illinois House and Senate are now mask optional. That makes the lawsuit against the House's mandate unnecessary. After nearly two years of requiring masks, multiple members of the House being ejected for not complying, the House voted to modify their rules. Tuesday, House Speaker Emmanuel Chris Welch said COVID-19 hospitalizations are down.
3: Next week will mark two years from the first executive order shutting
1: things down. We've come a long way we're opening back up. I want us all to remember the progress we've made to get to where we are, but I also want us to remember that masks are still recommended for
2: the health and safety of everyone in this chamber.
0: Welch faced a lawsuit over the House, ejecting State Representative Blaine Wilhauer multiple times. Wilhauer said the mask debate has been a major distraction. We're real good at taking meaning, meaningless votes over the past couple of weeks on on mask theater, but we're either too weak or too compromised to tackle the epidemic of public corruption that has engulfed this place, that's engulfed this whole state, and has kept us from doing the work of the people. That stuff. I guess not, not important here. It's a national embarrassment. Thomas DeVore, the attorney representing Will Hauer, said the modified rule means the lawsuit isn't necessary, but he said they'll bring the lawsuit again if masks are ever mandated on members without due process. Governor J.B. Pritzker's issued more than 110 executive orders and two years' worth of 30-day emergency proclamations in the name of managing the COVID-19 pandemic. Some say there needs to be more oversight. Pritzker's first COVID order dealt with cannabis regulations, but then it evolved into closing restaurants, keeping kids from schools, and impacting various aspects of the economy for the past 24 months. Democratic State Representative Will gazzardi said the governor's authority to manage the pandemic is important. We needed leadership in that moment. We needed
1: uh, the governor to step in and take the emergency actions he did to protect the people of this state.
0: Republican State Senator Sue Resin said the effects of the governor's unilateral rule and lack of oversight has been painful. Other states had fewer restrictions and are thriving, she said.
3: We are struggling to get back. We're struggling to employ people. We have higher than normal unemployment versus other states coming out of the pandemic. There are many issues that we look at.
0: She said the effects of the economy on businesses and on children have been detrimental, and for schools, she said it took court action to lift the governor's mask and exclusion mandates.
3: We've asked to be part of the process. We are a co-equal branch of government that has been left out of the loop when the governor chooses to make many of these heavy-handed decisions.
0: Republicans have measures that would require legislative oversight of any consecutive 30-day disaster proclamations. Guzzardi said it's worth looking at, but he's uncomfortable trying to tie the governor's hands in case there's another emergency.
3: COVID
1: and then Alpha and then Delta and then Omicron and each of those variants has presented a very different set of challenges to the state. So who knows what the next wave of this is gonna look like? I mean, knock wood, hopefully we're through the worst of it.
0: The governor maintains his orders were necessary to keep the state safe from COVID. A Republican lawmaker says the state's green policies are coming back to haunt Illinoisans as they fill up their cars at the pump. Kevin Bessler has that story. Gas prices have been surging and are approaching $5 a gallon. On Wednesday, Governor J. B. Pritzker was asked what can be done about high gasoline prices. I guess if you could find any silver lining, it might be that people will more likely choose when they're going to buy a new car to go to electric. Republican State Representative Blaine Willhauer says energy legislation passed by Democrats makes for good press releases, but at the end of the day, it was always going to drive up energy costs. I think what we're seeing right now is that the, uh, it's a full-on indictment of the fantasy land energy policies that we've been putting out from this place. Crisker has proposed freezing the annual gas tax increase, but it would only be a temporary move. Meanwhile, Wilhauer says the state gasoline tax that doubled after the governor took office should be repealed entirely. I'm Kevin Bessler. Republicans at the state house are looking to cap the sales tax that's on top of the gas tax in Illinois as a way to save motorists up to a billion dollars at the pump. Illinois is an outlier for tacking on sales tax on top of the state, federal, and sometimes local gas taxes. Republican state senators unveiled their plan to cap the sales tax on gas to 18 cents a gallon. State Senator Dave Severson said their measure differs from the governor's proposal to freeze the annual gas tax in several ways. The governor's plan could save taxpayers 135 million dollars while the GOP plan could save taxpayers around 1 billion.
1: The money that he was talking about is coming directly out of roads which again potentially could cost jobs and delay uh, crucial road
0: work that needs to be done. Ours is money that was never obligated uh, and so a big difference. State Senator Chapin Rose said state government's already reaping increased revenue because of record inflation. As the price of the commodity goes up because sales tax is a percentage, the amount you pay goes up. So, this is purely a windfall to the state of
1: Illinois. Okay? No one anticipated, no one expected this money. We
0: are goug- the state is gouging people at the pump on this. We need to give them their money back. The senators say the measure would be revenue neutral. Wednesday, Pritzker said the silver lining for high gas prices is it may push more people to buy electric vehicles. State Senator Don DeWitt said that's unrealistic for families struggling to make ends meet now.
2: Uh, We think this is the quickest way to get taxpayers dramatic relief at the gas pump virtually within a matter of weeks.
0: Republicans say they'll discuss Senate Bill 4195 with Democrats in hopes of getting it passed without having to wait for the next budget year to start July 1st. Legislation at the Illinois State House could increase the number of wineries that would be allowed to self-distribute their products in Illinois. Andrew Hensel has that story. Senate Bill 2976 would increase the amount of wine in-state and out-of-state wineries may self-distribute in Illinois without using a wholesaler. Tom Wark, Executive Director of the National Association of Wine Retailers, said everyone wins with this bill. Wineries win they don't have to go through a, a wholesaler. Retailers win because they have um,
1: a greater selection of wines to, to put in their inventory. And consumers win because they have a
0: greater number of wines that they have access to. Wark also explained what this bill could do. This legislation would allow more wineries in Illinois to be able to sell directly to retailers and not have to go through a middleman wholesaler. The measure is sponsored by State Senator Rachel Crow and remains in the Senate Assignments Committee. The Senate is off next week. I'm Andrew Hensel. In the cloud of corruption in Illinois politics, it's hard to shake as politicians look to be in front of voters for the June 28th primary election, and they filed their nominating petitions this week. Among the statewide offices up for grabs in November is the governor's seat. Incumbent Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker turned in petitions Monday at the Illinois State Board of Elections in Springfield, asked about last week's indictment of former House Speaker Michael Madigan. They have worked hard to make sure that we're introducing and getting past ethics reforms for the state. We did that both in 2019 and in 2021. There's more to do. There's no doubt about it. It's unclear if you'll have a primary opponent as the filing period wraps up March 14th. There are a slew of Republicans vying to get the GOP nomination for the June primary. Among them is Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin. He said Madigan's indictment was long coming and more needs to be done.
2: It's going to be a good day for Illinois when we can get when we get rid of all the corruption that has plagued our state for decades.
0: Other Republicans filing Monday are state senators Darren Bailey, former state senator Paul Schimpf, and businessman Gary Rabine. Filing nominating petitions for state House Democrats, House Speaker Emanuel Chris Welch was asked about the indictment of his predecessor.
1: I've said all along that I think the proper form uh, for the issues uh, with our former speaker are in a court of law, and that process is going to play itself out.
0: Also on hand Monday, House Minority Leader Jim Durkin helped file petitions for House Republicans to get on the primary ballot. He said he'll work to make voters fully aware of the cloud of corruption in Illinois politics. Last week was a very, very uh, convincing blow to the Democrats. Uh, I don't know how they can recover, but the fact is, my job is to educate everybody about what Democrats from Pritzker, Madigan, and Welch have done statewide. Other offices politicians filed for include Secretary of State, Attorney General, Treasurer, and Comptroller. There are also filings for seats in Congress. Those are the top stories from the past week for Illinois. Find more online at americastalking.com. Coming up for Illinois in Focus, commentary from the Center Square publisher Chris Krug and executive editor Dan McCaleb. This is Illinois in Focus, a production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop.
1: hello everyone and welcome back to the illinois in focus podcast this is chris crew publisher of the center square this is the crosstalk segment commentary powered by the center square part of the america's talking network i'm joined today by my friend and colleague dan mccaleb executive editor of the center square based right here in illinois dan mccaleb what is going
2: on happy to be with you again this week um you know, after not talking about former Speaker House, uh, former House Speaker Michael Madigan, we're going to talk to him yet about him again, yet again today, because there's more news uh, on the Madigan front. That's three
1: weeks in a row. I mean, I was, I was going back and listening to the episode that uh, that we'd released prior to last week's, and um, we actually sort of inadvertently foreshadowed uh, what was going on with Michael Madigan when we wrote a story about. Um, how much money of his campaign fund that he had dipped into to cover his ongoing legal expenses. And then lo and behold, the indictment comes out uh, last week. It's a week later. Um, he has pled not guilty. Um, what do we need to know? We're just and for context, we're taping this on Thursday, March 10th uh, in, uh, in the morning. Uh, but uh, w- w- what's new uh, in the in the in the week that's passed since we last uh, checked in on former Speaker Mike Madigan?
2: Yeah. So uh, uh, Wednesday, March 9th, yesterday, um, uh, an arraignment hearing was held for uh, former Speaker Madigan and one of his uh, co-defendants, and they both pleaded not guilty to the corruption charges that last week uh, federal prosecutors indicted them on. Um, and essentially, that's not unexpected. Um, uh, most at their first initial uh, arraignment hearings, most defendants plead not guilty, including um, in in you know uh, corruption cases such as this. Uh, so so we weren't expecting Madigan to roll over and say, "I did it, I did it, uh, right. I'm, I'm I'm guilty." Um, but of course, he's got high-powered attorneys. Um, he's already spent millions of dollars of his own political campaign money, not his own personal money, on defense attorneys. He's using money that was donated to him um, by uh, his supporters, his financial backers, when he back when he was a, a politician, which was not that long ago, just a year or so ago. And he pleaded not guilty. and And what that l- l- largely means, uh, uh, what we expect it to mean, is that um, he's going to fight this tooth and nail. Uh, this is gonna uh, uh go to trial, um probably, and it's gonna be up to a jury of his peers.
1: Yeah, and you know, you had referenced the fact that uh that he's assembled quite the legal team. And um uh yeah, I mean, he has uh at least five attorneys on this case. My understanding from the reporting that we've done is that Sheldon Zenner is gonna serve as his as his lead attorney, at least uh, here at the at the beginning. Um, and uh, uh, Mr. Zenner's a, a former U.S attorney uh, based here in, in Chicago. So it's kind of kind of an interesting um, uh, start. I mean with regard to you know, just the size of the of the defense team, you know, I mean, like right off right off the bat. I mean this almost sounds like the kind of um, uh, legal uh, remedy from the standpoint of like team approach that you would see, in a high-profile federal or a high-profile civil case.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Speaker, Former Speaker Madigan is not going to go down without a fight. Um, As we've referenced already, he's got millions of dollars in campaign war chests, even though he hasn't been an elected official for over a year. Um, Illinois, uh, and this is a story we're working on at the Center Square, actually, Um, We expect uh, uh, to report on this in the next uh, day or two about Illinois campaign finance law that allows criminal defendants, uh, politicians, elected officials um, who who were charged in connection to their political office, as as Michael Madigan has been here, allows them to use campaign contributions to fight these criminal um, charges. Uh, Former uh, governor, uh, disgraced former governor, Rod Blagojevich, um, uh, he did the same thing. Of course, he was convicted of federal corruption charges uh, many years ago, um, but leading up, after he was charged um, and leading up to his conviction, um, uh, he used uh, his campaign dollars uh, uh, to fight the charges against him. Didn't matter for him. He was found guilty, spent several years in jail. Um, But now Madigan's doing the same thing. So we're taking a look at a story at the history of that in Illinois right now and why disgraced politicians who are charged with uh, abusing the public's trust while they're in office, while they're uh, allowed to use campaign dollars to defend themselves, and what needs to be done to change that in the state of Illinois. So that's sort of a side topic. Yeah, it's, uh, in, it's
1: interesting, though, because, I mean, uh, Illinois is, um, you know, the the laws of each state and, and the, you know, the um, election laws of each state are, are different. You know, it's not, of course, there's a, you know, there's federal election law, but then the states establish their own laws and how uh, dollars that are collected from people who are contributing in theory to a, a political campaign, uh, the dollars that are not used in a given political cycle are held on to. And they could be used for other things later on, and this would be—I would—I don't know—I think objectively, you could say this would be about as extreme a use for um, uh, campaign fund uh, funding as uh, you could pick out of the sky, right?
2: Yes, exactly. I mean, using money to get you elected to political office, and then uh, uh, federal investigators find you've abused that political office for personal gain as Michael Madigan has been charged here, not convicted. He denies wrongdoing, important to state that, um, but accused of using your political office for personal gain, but then allow, being allowed to use the money you uh, were were given uh, to get you elected to office, to defend yourself against these criminal charges. It's it's It doesn't seem right uh, to me. And we're gonna, at the Center Square, we're gonna look into that further. And, and something else we found, uh, in our investigation uh, into this is, is, is not only will Michael Madigan be able to use his campaign war chest to defend himself against public corruption charges, mm-hmm. something like $1.4 million of his campaign war chest, he, he can use that for just about anything he wants. If he wants to use it for any kind of personal expenses, he can do that. He would have to pay taxes on that money um, but uh, ca- Illinois' campaign finance laws are so screwed up, so backwards, mm-hmm. uh, that he can he can pretty much use a, a portion of that money however he sees fit. That's
1: interesting. That's interesting.
2: Is he drawing on his pension at this point?
1: Uh,
2: uh, that's have another we est- story. Have
1: we, have we established that.
2: Yeah, that's another story we were looking uh, into. He is eligible. Um, for a pension, a significant pension. Of course, he's been in office. He was in office, excuse me, uh, for more than 40 years. He can draw the maximum uh, state legislative pension that he can. And we're looking into if he he started collecting that um, pension yet, yet and how much it is uh, that he's he, he's qualified to get um, uh, annually if he is convicted, and we're a long way from a conviction. This is not, we're not going to see a trial this year, is my guess. Of course, there's no right. tri- there's been no trial date set yet uh, at all. There there he does have another tr- trial date scheduled for uh, early April. That's more of what's called, a, a, in legal terms, a discovery right. hearing where federal, federal prosecutors have to turn over to the defense what evidence they have and what evidence they're going to use uh, uh, against uh, Madigan uh, when they go to trial. So that's a discovery hearing. But, but there's been no schedule yet released for when he's going to trial. Um, I talked all around the subject. I forget the original question
1: well it's that that's quite a right i was just trying to get an idea of sort of what's what's to come next uh you know in the process we talked about the size of the you know of the uh of the indictments and that's that's pretty well established but i guess two counts 22 faces. the long and short of it is you know that you know that he's 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 been charged he pled he pled not guilty
2: Um, one one disappointing thing for me anyway is i would have liked to have seen The former speaker appear show up in court at his arraignment, because we're still under these COVID rules. um, uh, Many of these court proceedings are held, uh, still being held remotely. Don't see why that's necessary uh, any anymore. But Michael Madigan did not have to appear in court, so he did not have to face a lineup of media. Um, you know, asking him, shouting him questions. He was he likely uh, notorious would not for not talking. Him. He wouldn't have answered him anyway. But it would have been nice to see him at least face that um, that line of journalists. At, you know, asking him questions, including uh, from the center square, uh, Greg Bishop, who's been reporting um, about alleged corruption with the within the Madigan machine. Quote unquote yeah. Madigan machine federal prosecutor's words, not my words. Um, He's been reporting on the alleged corruption within the Madigan machine for years. And, you know, well before much of uh, Illinois' media, uh, this got the Illinois uh, mainstream Illinois media's attention.
1: Yeah, no, no. I mean, there's, there's, there's no, no doubt that the reporting from the center square, the ongoing questions about the inner workings of the Madigan uh, operation of the Madigan organization, which, you know, the U.S. attorney, John Lausch, <laughs> later deemed to be the M- Madigan Enterprise. I mean, Madigan Enterprise, asked,
2: I'm sorry, I used yeah. the Madigan machine, Madigan Enterprise. No,
1: yes. no, but I mean, it's, you know, th- we had questions just about, you know, what was going on inside of, of um, uh, Speaker Madigan, former Speaker Madigan's operation uh, while it was open and ongoing. I mean, it's so uh, you
2: might re- you might remember now we're we're more than three years beyond his term, but former Governor Bruce Rauner, right, uh, 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 called Madigan corrupt when he first took office. Now it's going on seven plus years ago, and um, was the first governor to try to stand up to uh, the former. Um, speaker pushed back against his power. Of course, uh, Madigan was not just the speaker of the house for more than 30 years, for nearly 30 years. Uh, He was the chairman of the Illinois Democratic Party, which gave him access to a lot of these campaign finance decisions and how to use uh, Democratic uh, Party political donations on on. Essentially, on his allies, sure. Um, um, and it, but anyway, going back to my original point, he did not have to appear in court. He was allowed to appear uh, via telephone. Yes, um, and didn't speak. Right, and and that's a and
1: that's a an opportunity to escape that very few people would have had. Right, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, so um, while we while we look for you know we look for fairness in this process, I mean, I think that there's going to be a, a portion of the audience that's that's listening that's going to say, well, that doesn't seem right that that he's able to use his campaign money to fund his legal defense. He doesn't have to show up in court. Um, yeah, and, 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 and the fact that he's been able to build a, a legal defense that's as significant um, as the one that he has, this is going to take a long time to unfurl. I mean, this is not going to be fast, you know? By um, no so you know, I mean, the the repercussions of of, um, of Michael Madigan's uh, tenure as Speaker of the House, we're starting to get a little bit of a you know of a look inside. There is a a state rep, uh, Ann Williams, who's a Democrat, um, and she's a, a, a North Side representative. She came forward in the last couple of days and said, "Hey, you know what? I've got questions about this particular." Piece of funding inside of the the most recently passed um, uh, Madigan era infrastructure bill, I believe, is is the if I'm getting the timing right,
2: that would that
1: would have sound insulated hotels in the district um, uh, or, or well. Regardless of where the district is, and I'm not sure we can plot that. We can plot that. Later, it is no, it
2: is. It's it's Madigan's former uh, former district.
1: Yeah, in his district that that got sound insulation, and not only are the properties, as you just said, in his district, but he had done property tax relief for each of the hotels that got the soundproofing.
2: Outside of his job, he works for a law firm um, um, that that does that fights property tax uh, right. uh uh bills he represents high-end clients who own you know all illinois property taxes well, second highest property taxes in the nation right illinois, yeah. second only new jersey but of course businesses that own you know build uh, sky rises and in other huge uh, corporations buildings or whatever he represents those clients uh, to try and um, most people can't fight their property taxes. They don't have have the resources to hire high-powered attorneys to fight their property taxes. But uh, uh, Speaker Madigan, former Speaker Madigan, in his private business, that's what his law firm does, um, challenges property taxes, try and gives his clients reduced rates. And so three of his clients, and I think we have some tape on this. Yeah, let's roll that, Producer John.
3: What we'd like to see is a review of the capital projects that are specifically tied to former Speaker. In the wake of the sweeping indictment we saw last week, it calls into question uh, whether those projects were really uh, developed and advanced in the best interest of the taxpayers or whether they're the result of insider uh, relationships and deals. Um, Just a quick look at the projects. I'm not familiar with them. There's one that sticks out in particular, and that's a $98 million appropriation for a sound uh, treatment on the train tracks behind three hotels that happen to be owned by clients of former Speaker Madigan's. That, in particular, uh, raises concerns. We have the ability as legislators to determine what the critical infrastructure needs are in each of our communities. So I'm not exactly sure what the process would look like, but we just wanted to slow down the expenditure of taxpayer monies to make sure that we have thoroughly vetted the projects and ensure that they're in the best interest of Illinois residents.
1: That that was um, uh, Illinois state rep Ann Williams, a Democrat from Chicago, and she's her district is uh, spread out over communities uh, on the on the north side of of town. It's interesting, you know, that we we would want to be doing this legislatively now, you know, this fine review of uh, how the dollars were spent. Ninety eight million dollars. I mean, that's a significant amount of money.
2: That's an enormous sum, and that's not to build anything that's going to create economic impact. No. That's not anything that's going to bring jobs to the state. Ninety-eight million dollars to essentially block the noise from some train tracks from the former speaker's uh, 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 former current clients who own hotels near the train tracks. Yeah. Ninety-eight million dollars. Was appropriated for. Thankfully, it hasn't been spent yet. And thankfully, right, police, state representative Ann Williams, and others are questioning that now. My question is why wasn't that appropriation questioned three years ago when Madigan uh, asked for it to be, or that uh, didn't ask for it, put it in the infrastructure bill, to right. rebuild Illinois, that Governor Pritzker himself has been touting for years, of course. Yeah what that meant that $98 million is being paid for by you and me and every other motorist in the state, uh, who's had their gas taxes more than doubled Mm -hmm. since 2019. Yeah. Why was that not questioned in 2019?
1: Right. And that's, and that's, and that's, I mean, that's a fair question to ask. And I mean, you know, a- Ann Williams. You know, looks like she's kind of um, almost in a in a whistleblower role here. And you know, I mean, well, clearly we're grateful for her comments. And, and yeah, absolutely, I don't want to take anything
2: from Rev- Ann fact, Williams today. Yeah, the
1: fact yeah. that she's willing to talk about it. I mean, I don't. I don't want to. You know, want be too rough on her because, you know, she's actually demonstrating some courage to, to you know, to talk about these things. Um, I think on some level, it it shows you. And again, you know, Michael Madigan's charged with you know, the 22 count indictment and, and, you know, that's, that's a completely separate matter, but for the benefit of people that weren't paying attention or weren't paying close attention. And, and I, I mean, I would include, you know, the people that, that cover the state house, you know, in Illinois. I mean, these are the questions that, that, that needed to be asked um, years ago. And these are the kinds of questions that we've asked as, as a news entity Uh, That have been, you know, dismissed as being like, I don't know, like, why do you need to know that? I mean, thinking back in the conversations that we've had with with different legislators um, and Speaker Madigan himself and the interactions that we've had, you know, over the last four or five years. I mean, there's just great upset over asking questions about the details and about the particulars inside of legislative stuff. And as you said, you know, uh, Governor Pritzker signed this um, so, and, and he has, you know, in theory, a dream team support group around him. People that make money from, the, you know, the regular state jobs, but then get an additional like almost doubling of their salaries, you know, to ensure that they're fully focused on what's going on, you know, in their jobs. And, you know, I mean, nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted to answer these questions three or four years ago. Um, it's healthy that we're talking about them now to bring this back around. There's a lot of stuff that's happened in the in the last 40 years that just has not been talked about in Illinois and we're only talking about this one piece of an infrastructure bill that um, was in one and technically it was would that have been in the like an, as a capital is that yes. a capital improvement plan?
2: This was so two, in an, in an was, annual capital budget. This was the 2019 Rebuild Illinois plan that Governor Pritzker himself, who's now yeah. trying to distance himself from Speaker Mad, former Speaker Madigan. Yeah, um, trying now that the the former speaker's been indicted on 22 counts of corruption. Pritzker said, "I didn't I didn't know about any of this stuff." I you know I. It, 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 Not a part of this. I didn't try to hire one of uh, the former Speaker's um, close allies, even though Speaker Madigan's caught on tape saying he's going to get him a job with the Pritzker administration. Anyway, this was Governor Pritzker's uh, rebuild Illinois plan to um, invest in Illinois's roads and bridges and and, uh, other infrastructure that came with a doubling of the state gas tax in, in in 2019, Illinois residents, and I think we're going to talk about gas prices. The cotton, we'll get get to that. You and I need to talk about gasoline prices. See, in 2019, Illinois' gas tax was 30 or excuse me, 19 cents a gallon as part of this rebuild Illinois program that Governor Pritzker touted. They doubled it to 38 cents, but then they added an annual increase tied to inflation, so it's now more than 40 cents a gallon in state gas taxes, what you're paying at the pump right now, 40 plus cents of that is um, Illinois taxes that went to pay for uh, infrastructure projects like this one specific one. And as you mentioned, we're just talking about one project, this could be the tip of the iceberg as to millions, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars that have been wasted uh, on, uh uh, 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 because Michael Madigan was speaker for, for as long as he was.
1: Yeah. Uh, in other good governance news from Illinois, uh, former state Senator, uh, Tom Cullerton, uh, pled guilty to embezzlement. Uh, that's kind of lost in the, uh, that story is somewhat lost in the shadows of, of all things Madigan right now. But, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the story on that?
2: Yeah so the the, the uh, Tom Collarton, a uh, democrat from Villa Park uh, re- resigned knowing that he was going to be resigned a couple of weeks ago his position knowing he was going to be um, uh, pleading guilty um pleaded guilty this week to essentially taking a no show job um, uh, by the Teamsters Joint Council 25 Teamsters Union uh, essentially took a took a job with the Teamsters Union in 2013 where he did little to nothing. My guess is it's closer to nothing than little. Um, and that's illegal. You, you, you And that's very similar to what some of the charges against Madigan are. That He got some of his. that w- we didn't mention ComEd. The Com- we have in the past, of course, ComEd um, entered uh, an agreement with federal prosecutors uh, uh, a year and a half ago, essentially quote unquote, pleaded guilty to um, uh, bribing the former Speaker and the former Speaker's allies agreed to pay a $200 million fine by giving the former Speaker's close allies no show uh, uh, jobs uh, within the agency as a favor to the Speaker, uh, the former Speaker, um, to get favorable legislation passed through the House, which, of course, Madigan controlled all legislation that moved uh through the house. So Tom Collerton pleads guilty to getting one of these no-show jobs for the Teamsters Union um, and uh, is going to be going to jail for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I was looking at the at the bottom of the of the story that uh that our Kevin Bessler wrote and, and it says that prosecutors allege that from 2013 to 16, Collerton collected $188,320 in salary bonuses and allowances from the Teamsters. $64,068 in health and pension contributions and $21,678 mm-hmm. in reimbursed medical bills. Um now in the restitution part of this, which Cullerton has, you know, accepted, you know, the responsibility for this, he's pled guilty and he he's gonna pay back. So he's taken out about what two hundred and forty thousand dollars. And he's only going to pay two hundred and forty-eight thousand eight hundred and twenty-eight in restitution. So he's basically, uh, and now he still faces time in time in jail potentially from this. But if he does not serve time in jail, he basically is going to get out of this for what he, for what he got. I mean, right. it's that doesn't seem like the harshest penalty, or necessarily the biggest deterrent in uh, you, you know, know it, for well, that's doing a, the kind of stuff that he's admitted to have done.
2: And the ter- the deterrent part of this is, is is important. We've been talking a lot about Speaker Madigan. Um, he's not he's not the only Illinois politician who's been uh, charged with corruption. Of course, Tom Collarton now uh, just pleaded guilty to yeah. corruption-related uh, charges. There's example after example after example after example going back just a couple of years, and then example after example after example on top of that going back decades of corruption yeah. in Illinois politics um uh the hammer has to come down on these people i was gonna say wouldn't you think that the penalties for this would be would be
1: harsher or if the penalties were harsher that you potentially would would have better behavior i mean and and you would that 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 would be the way that you would go about addressing crime of corruption right in illinois i mean that what's the i mean if he does a year of time for that i mean and pays that pays it back. I mean, um, that doesn't seem, I mean, I, I, you're in jails a year, or, 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 or I, I guess it would be technically you're going to prison here, right? I mean, if you're going to serve that kind of time. Um, but I mean, it is, it, that doesn't seem to be scary to me that that, that would be anywhere nearer a deterrent. Uh, and I think that, you know, that where, where you're headed with what you were going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you know, that there's there's just not a whole lot of fear factor associated with these kinds of penalties if all you have to do is just pay the money back and maybe get sentenced to some time.
2: And that's, and that's the reason why this culture of corruption um, has lasted, has is, is been so rampant, has lasted for as long as it has in Illinois, is that many, maybe even most, have gotten away with it. And those that don't get away with it aren't punished near as harshly as they should be. Um, and th- this culture of corruption in Illinois government um, isn't going to end until there are some examples that are set.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, you know, it's not that you don't want to see people rebuild their lives. And uh, I mean, but it, you know, it, it, it certainly does feel as if Rob Blagojevich, you, you know, I mean, found, you know, guilty of, of, of selling or attempting to sell us a, a senate seat um you know he served whatever time that he served and uh you know he's he's back out which i mean i don't know that he needed to go away for the rest of his life i mean i don't know that the penalties need to be that harsh but it seems like he's sort of had a correction you know in his I mean, he's free he's, he's out living his life doing what he's doing i don't know if he's going to be doing pistachio ads now or, or whatnot but
2: he he at least spent year, many many years um, in prison. Um, uh, he deserved to go to prison. Um, there are plenty of people who say you know who, who said his original sentence was a little harsh, um, but they, then you've got the other end of this where he uh, uh, Tom Carton faces. Up to five years in prison, but because of his guilty plea, there's always a give and take in there with prosecutors. He didn't make them go to trial, didn't make them uh, uh, prove in front of a jury of his peers. Prosecutors are now saying he he probably he's looking at maybe a little bit more than a year in prison. I don't think that's enough, in my yeah. opinion. Um, um, but I mean, the other the, we, we talk about taxes in Illinois being among the highest in the nation all the time. It's corruption, like what we're talking about today that drives that because there is a significant cost to corruption and Illinois taxpayers continue to pay outrageously high taxes among the highest in the country in part because of this culture of corruption in the state.
1: it's ultimately it's disrespectful to the taxpayers that the penalties are as light as they are absolutely That, that the money that's inconsequential that they can always just go get more you know that's that yeah I'm with you on that so um uh we we are getting Closer to um, uh, filing time uh, for candidates, uh, the uh, recent events with with Michael Madigan, does that cast any kind of a shadow over those who are trying to get on the onto the ballot or, or,
2: or the races themselves? Uh, I would say it absolutely should on the races. Voters and taxpayers in this state need to pay attention. To what's what's been going on for decades in Illinois, including just the last few years if going back decades, is too intimidating, um, and they need to vet these candidates. Uh, now we've you, uh, uh, spe- Madigan was speaker for as long as he was because the 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 Democrats that Illinois voters uh, elected to the state house of representatives. Kept voting him in as Speaker of the House. Your vote matters. Who you vote for to go to office matters. Um, as you mentioned, petitions started being filed this week uh, on Monday of this week. It goes into next week, so we'll have, by the end of next week, we'll have a pretty good idea of um, what the races. Uh, are in the legislative districts. Of course, Governor uh, Pritzker is running for re-election. He faces uh, several challengers on the Republican side. There will be a, a a primary in late June. Um, the general election is in November. Plenty of time to get to know these candidates, what they stand for, um, and whether or not uh, they're going to stand up to one corruption uh, Corruption since this federal corruption probe that, that nailed Madigan last week has been going on for several, several years. During those several years uh, of this latest federal corruption probe, uh, lawmakers have been talking about ethics reform and other kinds of reforms in the legislature, but they've done practically nothing is the candidate in your in your district race are they going to fight for ethics reforms and corruption reform in Springfield that's one of the things you need to ask are they going to be fighting for you as a taxpayer um you pay you pay among the highest taxes in the country are they going to be paying attention to that that's what you need to be paying attention to
1: yeah i think those are fair questions to ask and I, I mean you know the the reality of it is that you know a lot of people and a lot of smart people people are educated and Formally, or you know, or street smart people, um, they don't know who their local uh representative is, they don't know what district they live in, and um, I mean, some don't know the difference between their state rep and their U.S. representative in Congress, or that there is a difference between those two roles. So, and we talk about the things that we talk about because I mean, you know, we really want to try to bring some level of understanding, you know, to. to you know, how governance works and taxes and the role of taxes and where your tax dollars go and how they're spent and whether or not that comes back to you in the form of, you know, a better place to live, whether it's in your local community or the state that you're in. Um, Illinois overall really gets an F grade. I mean, among, among places to live in the country in, with regard to the way that tax dollars are, are utilized.
2: Yeah. and one big butt on this whole election um thing and uh, we could spend a whole show on it and I don't we don't have the time to do that. Um but the other thing that uh uh, uh former speaker Madigan controlled in his decades long reign uh in, uh in Illinois was the redistricting redistricting process. Right. And 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 the former speaker uh, uh drew the districts to benefit incumbent Democrats across the board across the state. And it, it's gotten to the point, and we won't know until next week, but then there's there's a challenge. There's uh, mm-hmm. Folks can challenge these petitions to see if they've actually got legitimate number of signatures on it. So we right. actually won't know for yeah. weeks, right. weeks out. But um, we'll know more a little bit next week. Uh, unfortunately, in past legislative elections, somewhere near half to more than half uh, of these races are uncontested because right. Republicans don't have a chance. Right. Uh, the districts are gone. To, to, to bundle as many Republicans into, into the, smallest, the smallest number of districts as they can, um, and to um, give Democrats the advantage in as many districts as they can. So, when, when it comes to the general election, oftentimes voters don't even have a choice. Right. And I, and I mean, and,
1: and the, you know, Matt, Madigan and his role with, you know, the Illinois Democratic Party, I mean, had the similar influence over congressional districts.
2: Absolutely. I mean, it's, so it's all,
1: these things are all connected. If you draw the maps, then then you draw the winners. And then if you've ever looked at the at the congressional maps, or even the you know the state rep maps in, in Illinois, they they look like Rorschach blots. You know they they don't yeah. they they don't track with any particular geography, and, um, and some of them I mean are you know literally twenty miles deep and in some cases a half a mile wide, uh, and then have completely other shapes around them that have nothing to do with geography or community or, or county. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's been bananas for a, a long time. And
2: there have been several attempts over the years to take redistricting out of the hands of politicians, to put it in the hands of independent commissions, there have been a signature gathering um, efforts where uh, reform advocates have gotten enough signatures. Michael Madigan has challenged to to get it on a ballot so voters right. can decide how we redraw districts. Mm-hmm. Michael Madigan has challenged them time and time again in court and getting those reform efforts thrown out because he liked to do he did things his way, and it just f- further. Uh, goes to show the culture of corruption that that we've been living in here in Illinois. And last point on this, a subject I promised to go back to (laughs) (laughs) on congressional (laughs) districts. He's also redrawn congressional districts, but guess what? We keep every 10 years when a new census uh, statistics come out, we continue to lose a representative in Congress because Illinoisans have had enough and they're no longer Illinoisans, they've fled the state. We lose population every single year on net. Um, that means we don't have the same representation representation we do in Washington, but you know what the politicians in power don't care
1: yeah yeah it's uh it's just kind of the the way the way that it's the way that it's gone here in illinois i mean it's um we lose uh each year on that you know what amounts to be like a a pretty reasonable sized mid-sized town you know i mean you, you right. talk about taking a hundred thousand people off of your you know, off your ledger, and, and and the people that are leaving are, you know, they're not they're not all snowbirds who are making a full time commitment to living in Florida or Arizona or wherever it is that Illinoisans go.
2: I no, mean, they're working age people. They're working they're age
1: they're- people that are taking their 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 earning power and and in theory the amount of money that they would contribute to a state tax environment with them.
2: All right, and the production uh, the the production they add to the economy. Yeah yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 so it's not great. You know, Dan, we talk about the economy a fair amount. And, you know, at a national level, I mean, certainly people have been talking about um, uh, the price of gasoline. And in some parts of the country, I mean, it's staggering. You know, I mean, uh, the, the I believe that the Bay Area has the highest prices right now on, on uh, you know, 87 um, unleaded fuel, uh, checking in at over $7 a gallon. Um here, you know, in in northern Illinois, uh the last time that I filled up, I think I paid 429, and that was this past weekend. We put gas uh, it's, in it's, one of our it's cars. Up,
2: it's up from there 440. Four yeah, it's up to
1: 439. I've seen it as high in some communities that I've driven through it of uh 469. Um, at mid-state, uh, maybe there's a little bit of relief downstate you know typically has the lowest uh, gasoline prices in the state but they are now over four dollars a gallon
2: yeah you only get to pay 420 a gallon Good yeah
1: I know I know so um the you know you had referenced earlier um in the crosstalk you know the 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 inflation's impact on the tax itself and the and, and of course the, the gas tax was doubled. Um, here during the Pritzker era went from was it 19 and a half cents to 39 cents is that was are those numbers right that's about and, right yeah and, but now
2: because
3: of inflation-
2: an inflationary increase every single year since then yeah
1: right so I mean so so right now like on a on a gallon of gasoline you're paying about a 10 percent tax and it was would be higher normally because you know, remember, Illinois,
2: Illinois is one of the few states that tax on its sales tax. It's a flat, it's a uh, flat amount sales tax on top of its gas tax. So you right. you, You pay for the consumer price of gasoline, and of course there's federal taxes on it too. You pay the federal taxes, you pay the state gas taxes, which more than doubled since 2019, and then you add the sales tax on top of that.
1: And then at the local level, that that the, uh, the, that there can be an additional tax laid on it, like by your town or, or your county and your town. And um, I mean, I, I guess if you you know if you live inside of a, uh, a you know a, some other taxing body that that you know
2: whatever they, they township
1: or whatever can probably throw right. some money on there too. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. Uh, and, and, it, and it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's expensive. Some, some of the elite, the elitist conversations <laughs> around the price of gasoline have really like amused me, like Stephen Colbert talking about like, you know, Hey, you know, you should, shouldn't really be all that upset about this. And, you know, I mean, go get an electric car if it's bothering you so much. I mean, that, that came up from the, uh, secretary of energy grant them this week. And it's like, gee whiz, you know, do, yeah. do they, it, it, does anybody realize I mean, no how much it,
2: as that is? I mean, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, does anybody realize how, first of all, you can't get a car of any kind. I can tell you that firsthand. I, I can tell you that firsthand. I haven't, I haven't had a car for seven months. I was a genius. You know, I, I, I sold my car, uh, at high tide in theory in the summer. And I'm like, oh, no problem. I'll, re- I'll just replace it. I'll go without. And we have enough cars that are you know, around that I can, you know, limp along. I can't sniff a new car at this point. You just can't get them. And and in yeah. the ones that, that are available, the markup, I mean, is above MSRP. No thanks. Right. And le- And if you want to buy an electric car, per se, good luck. Good luck. I mean, electric cars have chips in them, too. In fact, they have a lot of them, a lot of chips in an electric car.
2: Not to mention how much more expensive they are than right. standard fuel vehicles yeah. so comments comments like that oh just go buy an electric car if you're concerned about the price of gas. yeah okay working working folks are just going to go out and spend 50g 50, 50
1: yeah. uh, oh my cars. gosh if you could get a if you could get an electric car for fifty thousand dollars and you've you I, you're, I think you've bought a nissan leaf or a, a hyundai or a kia or something like that and i mean you know if you want to buy a tesla a new tesla i mean you're you're really, I mean, it's a $70,000 in, you know, investment and, um, at, at a minimum,
2: go take out uh, a second mortgage on your home.
1: Yeah. It's in, in fact, I mean, for, for a lot of Americans, I mean, that, 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 that value would be in excess of the value of their home. It's, yeah. It's just, it's it's just so bananas. Um, and then, the, and then there's the reality that, you know, that, that technically the, the, the electricity that we're generating, you know, around the United States that, I don't know, it's something like 60% of all electricity in the United States is generated from fossil fuels. <laughs> so <laughs> what problem are we solving? What problem are we solving there? Um, so to bring it back to Illinois, there's talk of repealing the gas tax. Is that going to go anywhere? Does it? I mean, it certainly would matter. I mean, it would reduce the cost of fuel by 40 cents a
2: gallon right now. Um so it's a Republican plan. So I kind of doubt it. Governor Pritzker has been so generous, though, in his budget proposal that he we're not going to repeal the state gas tax, tax even temporarily. Um, but but here's what here's what I want to do. Let's sus- suspend this year's inflationary increase on the gas tax that we've already more than doubled. No. so so we'll just we, we won't add that few extra pennies it's pretty, pretty magnetic pretty, pretty yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah that's wow let him eat cake that's that's yeah that's terrific i mean um yeah I, I, that kind of reminds me of like last fourth of july when uh the biden administration had told us that you know they had saved us x number of dollars over the previous fourth uh, of july cost with the supply line um improvements that they had made and, you know, with, with the money that you'd saved, you could actually buy like half a hot dog. And that was well. Great. It's,
2: it's a half a hot dog. I, mean, I know you, you're gonna. I'm, shot I'm not that
1: turning down. No, you know me. I'm not turning down that half a hot dog. But I mean, the, the, the it just, I think it just doesn't necessarily get it done for for working class people uh, in Illinois and the, the the conversations that are happening um, around the price of fuel. Where people are saying, you know, get an electric car or pay fifteen dollars a gallon if that's what it costs to do the things that we need to do, you know, that's baloney. And that you know the the the, the nine thousand leases that are available for drilling oil, that they, the talk that keeps coming out of the White House, it's so so idiotic. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't jibe. We were somehow eighteen months ago we were energy independent. You know we were energy independent the the price of fuel is what the price of fuel was half of what it is now The
3: the
1: decisions have been made at the federal level and and exacerbated at the state level you know they're they're not in the in the in the citizens best interest even if you were thinking about this as being part of like an environmental pathway that we want to take i mean this is like destroying what you know the infrastructure that you have for the purpose of forcing people to the infrastructure that you don't have, but want want to have
2: in the future, it's dumb. And one po- final point for me, then on this one, of course, uh, President Biden this week banned uh, Russian uh, the importation of Russian oil and gas uh, to the uh, the U.S., which is going to f- further um, exacerbate gas prices. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that policy decision now. No, um, neither am I. But combined with his other policy decisions um, ending new leases or restri- uh, forbidding new leases uh, for American oil and gas companies to drill on federal lands, um, ending the Keystone pipeline permit, um, putting further uh, burdens on the U.S. oil and gas industry since day one, since Biden's been in office on day one, that combined with the the decision not to import um, Russian, Russian oil, which yeah. I'm fine with, Right. That's a disaster. Shouldn't have been gas- shouldn't have been importing oil from Russia anyway. Exactly. We we were in it we could we have the capability of import or producing yeah. enough oil and gas in this country where we don't need Russian oil, but Biden has hampered that since day one and that's a main that's a significant reason why yeah, gas yeah. prices are going to continue. They're not going they're not going to be stagnant. You're paying uh 4.40 a gallon right now. Right. In May, you're not going to be paying 440 a gallon and it's not going to be any less.
1: No, no, no. I mean, and I saw the price of diesel. I mean, for, you know, for, for you know, the cost of goods and the cost of transporting things. I mean, diesel fuel prices are absolutely insane right now. Um, it's not good. It's not good for, for anybody. But uh, um, Dan, we, we will have plenty of opportunity to talk about that issue ongoing. Um, I would have to think that that will be a campaign issue, uh, not just uh, you know for people running for office here in Illinois, but uh, people uh, running for office uh, at the federal level uh, around the country. You know, it is one of the most painful transactions I think that the average American has is that pain at the pump. So, um, uh, Dan, well, we'll call it good right there. Sounds good. Enjoyed it as always. For Dan McHale, this has been Chris Krug. You've been listening to the Illinois in Focus podcast. This was Crosstalk Commentary powered by the Center Square, part of the America's Talking Network. Now over to Greg Bishop for a look at what the Center Square Illinois will be working on next week.
0: Next week, the Illinois Senate is off, but the House is in. They'll be working toward a scheduled end of legislative session April 8th. The team from the Center Square will be there to bring you the very latest. This has been Illinois in Focus, the production of America's Talking Network. I'm Greg Bishop.